welcome to you all and any uh, visitors amongst us, a special welcome to St Matthew's this morning. And as we go through our uh, summer season in January, we have our combined service, which has elements of both our traditional 8.30 service and the 10.30 service. So hopefully you'll see some familiarity and some new aspects as we progress. Well, welcome to 2023. Another year. And as we reflect each year, it hasn't always been exactly as we anticipated. I think since 2020, there's been such a, uh, a tumult of change and different directions. Let me just do a quick poll at the moment. Who has had COVID at some stage in the last year or two? Quite a significant number of us. Who would have thought? And uh, as we continue to recognise that uh, those disruptions and things that they are what they are and you suddenly have to change plans, change directions, we never quite know what each year will bring in such a variety of ways. So uh, last night, starting from the Western Pacific and moving its way through New Zealand and across the East Coast, but not Queensland, across to South Australia, then back to Queensland and then across, we brought in a new year as it comes. So it's an appropriate occasion to reflect on just where we are as we approach a new year. I'm going to try an experiment this morning and uh, we'll see how it goes. I might do it for some other Sundays in January as well. And that is to declare an official letter for the day. And today's official letter, as far as I'm concerned, is the letter R. As an R, not R, but R. Um, and my invitation to you, uh, should you choose to accept the mission, is to identify at least four, perhaps five words, beginning with a letter R, that speak for where your head is at this time of the year as we approach a new year. Four or five words. And try and limit to four or five. Once I started this exercise myself, I came up with about 15. And I thought, no, that'll be too long a sermon to go through all those 15 different elements. And I'm not going to go through them all one at a time. But my four R's, as I uh, prepared things, were reflect Starting a new year is a time to reflect on the year past and where do we find ourselves? Where do I find myself? Where's our family? As a church, where do we find ourselves as we approach a new year? My second R is to remember. To be reflective and to remember. Remember people. Remember moments. Remember those occasions when I've had fervent prayer. There's been a few of those for us in the past year with Fiona and I over in the UK, unable to come back. So reflect, remember, to be reassured. Reassured of those deeper truths that undergird my faith, my hope, my expectations as I look to the realities of life and all that it brings, some which we may anticipate, some in which we know will come out of the blue, but to be reassured in my faith. 
In that process, by way of a sermon, I'm not going to start with the passage and explore it. I'm going to end with the passage. That's our landing spot for those two passages. They don't need a lot of explanation. The context does help. So reflect, remember, reassured, and finally, and this is a bit of a cheap one, is to renew. And it's a bit of a cheap because I could think two other R's I can sneak into this final R. So I will renew in the sense of rededicate. Dedication is to actually make a, de- a decision to say, no, I'm dedicating myself, my, my life, the gifts that I have, what we bring before God. Otherwise, we call it as our true worship. Rededicate. And the other renew is to recommit. In a sense, of the commitment is there. But sometimes we have to step back and just to re- have that renewal to say, I'm still doing that and I need to do it in- intentionally and to, to think ourselves through where that might take us. So that's my four R's. Reflect, remember, to be reassured and to renew. I'm just going to pause at this moment. Have any other R's popped out in your heads as you've been sitting there? Refresh. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Rejoice. Re- Revive. Rest. <laughs> I like that one. Ready. Repent. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah, change direction. Do a U-turn. Sorry, Jerry. Restoration, yeah. To restore, to re- restoration. Yeah. Keep them going. Relationship, yeah. The importance of relationships. Absolutely. Receive, yeah. There's a lot of them, aren't they? <laughs> and that's just the R's. My challenge to you, or my invitation to you, is to think of four or five that speak to you at this time. And really focus on those as you enter a new year. To think of all the R's I might come up with, and other letters, and other resolves, or promises, or whatever you do at New Year's, as you approach a new year. Think of four or five of those R words that speak for you at this time. And just think through, now how can I follow through on those? That's part of where I want to go to today. As we've experienced, all of us, in different ways, going through a maze of life in the last few years, it has taken turns, it's come to uh, cul-de-sacs and ends, and we've had to turn around and find a new path and all those different types of things. I was reflecting in preparing um, on the experience of mazes. Now, this is... A corn maze. So in the uh, North America, apparently, having a corn maze is quite a thing. And it's a lot of fun because if you're on the shoulders, in this case, you can investigate and see some of the corn heads and different things emerging as you go through. And a lot of those sort of mazes are, are a lot of fun. You go through, it's a bit of an adventure to see where you will end up. And that's sort of how I remember life being as a child, Lots of experiences. I wasn't thinking about the big questions of life. I was just enjoying approaching each day as it comes, each challenge, each opportunity. And a lot of those turned into an adventure 
one way or another. I think there's a spirit of that, that as we get older, we want to try and retain, to rediscover some of those changes and surprises and to turn them into an adventure. I remember last year, and I hadn't asked John's permission for this, but John, I'm hoping you're okay to tell this story. John and I went to Clayton Bay um, one afternoon. That's where we have our house. And um, one evening, Fiona had her retreat on, and there was a storm. And what happened to the lights, John? We had a blackout, complete blackout. Um, and it wasn't just us, it was a significant part of the Flurio at that stage had a blackout and we're told it's going to be hours. And just as we arrived and we're pretty hungry, we hadn't anticipated that. Uh, I had got some torches, that was okay. But we turned it into an adventure. So John and I got back in the car with Abby, who was wondering, that's our dog, what on earth was going on. Made our way to Victor Harbour, which still had some power, and got fish and chips and had fish and chips on the wharf at at um, Gulwa, sorry. Uh, and it was an adventure. So sometimes we can remind ourselves that when things come that are unanticipated, we can actually enter into it with a spirit of adventure, see where it takes us, see how we can find some opportunities to do something different, something memorable as part of that process. John and I look back on that and really enjoyed our time through that. But mazes aren't always like that. And as we get older, I think sometimes the uncertainty is unsettling. And at times it can involve being separated. You can be in company on the maze and that walk and that journey and suddenly we find ourselves, we are more isolated. Maybe we've taken a turn and found ourselves somewhere and left others behind us. Or maybe it's just one of those realities of life. So as I was looking at my anticipation for 2023, this is more the image that came to mind. We still have to explore it. Can't stay where we are. But we never quite know what's around the corner. And that can bring challenges. Or a spirit of adventure. Or a bit of both. I'm just going to give a few reflections on how the Bible talks about time. And there's a variety of ways, quite a variety of ways that the Bible talks about time. And I'm not going to go through the full range of those. Um, it's actually four sermons I've used elsewhere. So this is just a, a brief selection. One of the things is that time in the Bible is both cyclical and linear. Linear we're more familiar with. There's a past, a present, and a future. But the thing is, it's never a straight line. It's never a straight line. It's always taking little deviations and directions and going off in a way which we didn't anticipate. So it's more a movement from the past to the present to the future. But if we anticipate that we can anticipate, you know, map it out with uh, some guarantee... It doesn't come like that. The Bible also more often talks about, the bio, about time in a cyclical sense. And in a cyclical sense, it brings up, for instance, the notion of um, uh, seasons and other things. I'll come to that very briefly in a moment. So those are the two main dimensions of time, is that there's a sense in which 
what we are going through is what those before us have gone through and what those after us are likely to go through. And there's a cyclical nature of those experiences. But the other game changer within that, and this is the one that I really want to introduce that notion of reassurance and to remember, is that when the Bible talks about the past, the present and the future, it very often talks about God as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. God is the beginning and God is at the goal, the end, the telos, and everything in between it. That is the one constancy that never changes. And it's often there in our hymns and songs and we overlook it. But when we ask ourselves, where can we find that certainty, that solid ground? It is found in the presence of God, in the purposes of God, in the promises of God. That's where we can find that assurance that whatever lies ahead, God's presence is there. It is in God's hands, the Alpha and the Omega. So there's a sense in which while the time is cyclical, it's also ever creating new history. It's always got something new towards it. It's not static. It's not just locked into a a state that's just repeating itself and grinding itself into a, a furrow of some description. But it's always entering into new space, creating new experiences, so that newness is locked into that cyclical nature of time. So what does it look like? Well, we can see it through the change of seasons. No matter what is happening to our climate and some of the extremes that are coming with that, the seasons do come and go. We know today that we are definitely in summer. We didn't know so much when we were in spring. It could have been anything in one day and all things in one day. But we know today this is summer, this is what Adelaide is like in summer. It's hot and it's dry and it's still, and that is our season. And we prepare ourselves for it. And those cycles of the seasons are built into creation. That's a cycle that we come through. We see it in our gardens, we see it in the vineyards, we see it in the, in the crops and the, in the uh, farms and rural areas. We see it all around us. And I actually find that reassuring, even though I'm more of a winter person than a summer person, but that's just me. So that's one of the cycles that we go through. We also see it on a daily basis. As we look out, this happened to be from our home in New Zealand when we had our four years in, in Nelson, and that tide would come in and out each day as well. But the cycle of sunrise and the bird song. Did anyone actually catch the nine o'clock fireworks from Sydney last night? If you get a chance to, to view it, you can actually go on the ABC site. They have the clip of the nine o'clock fireworks in Sydney that was it's, um, curated by an Indigenous First Nations um, artwork and it was really evocative. It had bird song in it. It had kookaburras and it had all sorts of different birds and different moments of the day. It was quite delightful in reminding us that as we go through from one day to the next, we know the birds around us 
will be up before us. And as we go through sunset and we see them often having their final fling before they settle down for the night and the, all the different animals and things that we see around us. The day and the night is a cycle. As long as day follows night, as the saying goes. And that brings a different moment, different delight, whether it's a sunset or whether it's just that stillness. Adelaide gets a very distinctive hue at that time. So that's another cycle that occurs around us that, remind, that, can, that is con ongoing, continuing. You can't push a pause button on those moments. If you're into photography, and I know a few of us are, when you see a sunset moment, you have to get it now because it may not be there in 90 seconds' time. It can be fleeting. But that's all part of those cycles that are built into our experience of life. So where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves in the midst of all those cycles that are much bigger than us. But we are part of that cycle. Our life becomes part of that cycle. And the other thing that goes alongside those cycles is a sense of newness. A newness of each and every day. As each day arises, this is today, which is not yesterday, and it won't be tomorrow. And that brings opportunities, it brings different moments in which we can seek to experience and read around us. What is the, the opportunity that I have today in these moments? They are new every morning. Sometimes that's the experience of a fresh start. If you've had a difficult night, if you've had a difficult period, you want to push a reset button, we can tell ourselves each morning, today's a new start, a new day. Let me make the most of this day. So the Bible talks about the opportunities that come today that aren't necessarily there tomorrow. Another word that I learned in the last couple of years is the word liminal. A lot of things are liminal. Uh, one of those words that sounds great, but no one's actually quite sure what it means. That was my experience until I was halfway through 2020 and someone said, oh, we're in a really liminal period of time. And I thought that sounds really profound. Not quite sure what you mean, but it sounds really profound. Liminal comes from the Latin word, of course it does, um, for threshold, for crossing over a threshold. And that is why it is a totally appropriate word. We know that the past is the past. We'll never go back to the way things used to be. And COVID has highlighted that, although that truth has always been there. But it just intensified our awareness of it. That as our memories and recollection of our own childhood or recollection of earlier times, we can't get on a time machine and go back. It's always pointing forward. And we have those moments where we face a threshold, a doorway, and we're not quite sure what's on the other side of that doorway. But we know that one way or another, we will experience it. Whether it's in the big questions of life, or whether it's the day-to-day -day realities. We had a threshold moment as we approach a new year. And we're not sure what's behind that door for 2023. And that's where the reassurance comes in. 
The Bible also talks a lot about the word today. Today with a capital T. Today is a day where we can make a response, we can do something that is a now moment. We couldn't do it earlier, we had to wait to today and if we leave it till tomorrow, it'll be too late. There are moments that come where we have opportunities to make a choice and if we miss the opportunity, then the realities we experience, what comes as a result of that. Those today moments is a particular word in the Greek that describes it. It's called a kairos moment, a moment that is here and now, and it won't be there in the future. And we recognise those moments where we need to make a choice. Are we going to go left or going to go right? Will we make a U-turn or will we continue going? Will we repent or will we just say, no, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing? Those moments. Each and every day is described as today. But the moments that come with them are for a particular period in time. That is true for us as individuals, as families, and as a church community. This year will bring some today moments for us as a church. We'll have some choices to make. And those choices will have consequences. We pray for wisdom in those moments that we recognise for the opportunities the invitations that God is providing us. But God is not twisting our arm in those moments, but saying you have an opportunity, a moment to choose. Hebrews talks about it in Hebrews 3. Exhort one another every day so long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's the repentance that we are talking about. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. In Hebrews, it's talking about the temptation just to, to drift away from Christ and to drift into things that are sort of religious but not necessarily Christian or not necessarily Christ-centered as well. So where does it leave us in our maze as we approach it? We have the assurance that wherever that future is taking us, the great promise is of God's company. We are in company. We're in each other's company as we gather this morning. That's why gathering together is not just a must-do type of thing. It's an encouragement to remind ourselves that we are in each other's company. And one of our responsibilities as a church community, as an extended family as church, is to be there for each other to encourage and we need to encourage, to, to urge, to persuade, sometimes to rebuke. But that is necessary if we are to take some responsibility for each and every one of us. In fact, the word encourage is one of the words I want to have a highlight on for 2023 for us as a church, to have a ministry of encouragement, to have a culture of encouragement, of urging, encouraging each other. So as we go into the unknowns of what's around the corner, let's land now on those two Bible readings. The first one is from, uh, from Numbers, and it's known as the Aaronic blessing that uh, God said to Moses to teach this to Aaron, 
to use this blessing for the people of Israel, for God's covenant people. It's not just an individual and a personal blessing, though we can hear it as a personal blessing. But it's one in which as we encourage each other in the journey that we bring, whatever lies ahead, this is a blessing that we can pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. If you wanted to memorise a verse, it's a great verse to memorise. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his face toward you and give you peace. That is God's commitment to us. Whatever 2023 brings personally and as a church community, that is God's commitment to us. And the second reading speaks just as powerfully. The end of Galatians 4, where Paul's been talking through God's great history of salvation and how the big game changer and the coming of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. Then he culminates this with this beautiful sentence, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Now, we have many and varied experiences of fathers. I was very blessed, truly blessed to have a wonderful experience with my father. Whatever our experiences of fathers are, it taps into a deeper yearning that there is someone there for us, someone who is ready to hear, ready to respond. You know, as I said to my daughter, wherever she is, if it's humanly possible, I'll be there for her even to the extent on Christmas Eve as she and her husband were putting together a trampoline in the dark outside. But once the kids had gone to sleep and they said their kids stayed awake an awful long time on Christmas Eve. So I said, well, it's going to have to be after the midnight service, so if it's 2 a.m. If, if you get stuck, I'll be there. And she said, I know you would be if I asked. <laughs> we have that heavenly father who was there for each and every one of us. It's only a handful of words from the Aramaic that have carried through into the, the Greek New Testament and into our tradition. Abba, Father, is one of them. It is not a formal title. It's a very relational way of knowing God is there for us. Abba, Father. So as we approach a new year, let us reflect on where we are and the journey that we've come through so far. Let us remember God's presence. Let us be reassured with God's love and promises and his grace and his mercy. And let us renew our resolve to be ever closer in our following of Jesus and not to drift away, not to let some distance emerge. So a way of reflecting on that, I'm going to have our interlude item each week 
um, have an item just to sit and to reflect. And uh, this is one by Lauren Daigle called You Say. And it talks about the, the voices that play around us and think, oh, who am I? What would God care? And the You Say is hearing God saying, you are my child. Don't forget that because it changes everything. So just sit and listen to this song and then we'll continue with our response to it.